Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Welcome to another edition of Mac and Blue, where we bring you Building Arizona. I'm J.J. Levinsky, your host, uh, president and co-founder of Blue Wave General Contracting. And today I'm lucky enough to have um, Nick Veldman, uh, owner and, and co-founder of Venn Construction. Yeah. I got it right the first time. You got time. it right the first time. Fellow Midwesterner, mid Minnesota guy. So we'll get along just great since Minnesota hockey season's in full swing right full now. Swing. So we, we yeah. can and he's even got hockey hair almost. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just got cut too. <laughs> See what have even been better. And they used to build and they build hockey rinks, so it yeah. even gets better than that. Um so before we get into the crux of it, I always like to start with a couple like icebreakers or or, or just get to know you type thing. Um and the, the the one I want to ask you is, <laughs> what are you going to do when you retire, Nick? Ooh, I get to retire at some point? Yeah, you do. Interesting. Um, well, my I have a lot of hobbies that I don't get to spend a lot of time doing, but the main ones are things like woodworking. Ooh. Um, I actually build firearms, which I, which I really enjoy. I actually enjoy that more than shooting them. Uh, but I, I build firearms kind of in my spare time. Um, and maybe some travel. It seems like uh, these days are a little hectic. We don't get to take as much time off as we maybe should or want to. Good. And so most of my trips are muted. And so I, I would say uh, some some decent travel. I'm sure my wife would appreciate that. You got kids? Yeah, two, 11 and eight. Oh, so you're still at the prime of your life. We're in the swing of it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that little snapshot into into, into you know your personal side. Um, so again, before we dive into you and Van and you know why why we're why we're here together on Building Arizona on the Mac and Blue show is everyone likes to get to know you yeah. a little bit about your background and everything. So uh we I kind of already alluded to, but where were you born and raised and all the college stuff and you know kind of the lead up to Van. Yeah. Yeah. So small town kid. I grew up in southern Minnesota, um town of about two hundred people, maybe one ninety seven. Uh and and really grew up on a turkey farm. Uh, and so I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, uh, helping my dad. I'm the oldest of three, uh, and we were working basically from you know my mom's got photos of me in diapers pushing turkey crap around the around the yard, right? So so we were uh, we were working pretty young. Ended up going to college um, at Iowa State, uh, which was Great the largest school. largest town I'd ever you know really spent any time in. So I got a four year engineering degree there, and uh, and during my process, I took an internship to Arizona to work with a large developer, Opus. So I, I took a junior year, I took uh, eight months off, uh, came down intern for a full year. I uh, got a lot of really great experience, met a lot of really wonderful people. It was, it was really during the, the boom of construction, uh, so early 2000s, and um, ultimately got offered a job, came down full time in 2007, um, and worked with Opus here in Phoenix until they, um, they shut down their operation in 2009. That was about their time, yeah. That was, yeah, 2000, summer of 09. So the Round um, Horse family and all the, yep. the original people yep. back in Minneapolis. Yep. Yep. They shut down the Arizona operation in 2009. Um, and then I, um, I did a couple of odds and ends for, for a few months, but ultimately got connected with RJM out of Minneapolis. So early 2010, I got connected with RJM Construction out of Minneapolis, um, owned ultimately by the Polad family at the time. Um, and they were working to merge their property management group called Northmark and take over a bunch of the properties that Opus had in receivership at the time. Mm -hmm. So they needed a construction arm. Um, I was familiar with most of the portfolio, a lot of the properties. And so they hired me, gave me a shirt and operation of one. Uh, so March, 2010, we opened the RJM Arizona office. Um, we did that for a period of about five years Grew the um, grew the local office to have ten employees, um, and uh, and through that process, 2012 2013, actually hired Bo Bergeson, uh, who I hired to be my boss, uh, which was kind of an interesting interview, uh, but ultimately <laughs> <laughs> worked to hire him to to lead the office um, down here. So we, um, the owner of RJM and myself, interviewed some candidates, hired him to lead the Arizona office um, in 2015. 
the RJM uh, office in Minneapolis was looking to purchase themselves away from the Polad family and ultimately start winding it down um, to, to allow the owner to retire. And the company was just a little too big. So he gave us the opportunity to either purchase the Arizona branch or he was going to look to sell it or something along those lines. So, hmm. so Bo and I bought it. Um, so we bought the, the company in 2015. We were given 30 days uh, to basically decide and or close. So kind of a days. lightning. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this now. Uh, I was still in my 20s. And so, you know, handful of uh, large life decisions in a short amount of time. <laughs> you thought your mortgage was something. What about that decision? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just roll it all up and, and, and bet on black, right? So, um, so we did that. We rebranded to Venn. Um, started our quest for global domination, uh, which I, I always joke it. about. I love it. And, uh, and yeah, it was really, really, um, it was interesting. It was, it was really awesome, uh, exciting, um, you know, entrepreneurial, all the things. Everybody said, oh, you're an entrepreneur. You started your own business. It's like, well, kind of. Um, we were kind of, you know, like led down the path and said either drink the water or walk away. Right. And, and so that, that's a little bit of a different scenario. But, um, and then as most people know, Bo passed away tragically in 2019, um, so I always joke that Ven was so nice. I bought it twice, uh, and uh, and completed the sale with his uh, with his estate. Then that year, and uh, and we're off and running. So was that seven uh, twenty three? This will be our eighth year. Wow. Yeah. Now what? You know, me, the audience, everyone wants to know what what does Ven mean? What was the transformation of the name? <laughs> so remember, thirty days. Yeah. Uh, so it's a late night and a six pack. But the uh, but no, I, I mean ultimately. Um, a Bartles and James, by the way. <laughs> He's back to the wine cooler days. Yeah. Come on, I'm aging myself. Yeah. Sorry. Zimas. <laughs> oh. Uh, so the the thought process was really based around collaboration. Okay. Um, so when when Bo and I were looking at, you know, what do we like to do? What are we going to name this company? Um, you know, most construction companies are named after um, a family name of some sort, and they've got a hundred years of, of you know, uh, history behind the name. We didn't have that. Um, we had a couple of, you know, creative dudes with a hardworking background, both of us. And so we're like, I don't, you know, where do we have fun? Like this, we didn't want to do this if it wasn't going to be fun. And so there was a, there was an aspect of, you know, what's fun for us. And for us, it was working, you know, with our friends, with our, our, our collaborators. And so Venn truly is based off, we're also math nerds. Uh, Venn is also, uh, it was based heavily on the Venn diagram. diagram. Yep. That's it. But I don't like circles. And so, uh, so when we did the logo, we like, we tried to play off the logo. One logo ended up looking like the MasterCard logo. Now that I say it, you'll see it. The, uh, the Olympic rings, like we, we were like playing with all these logos, but ultimately Venn is based on the diagram and it's, it's centered around collaboration. Nice. Yeah. Go back to, go back to those early years because when I had, I moved down 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you mention all these names, they're all you know, for for those of us that were back in the Midwest, you know, like I said, we all knew the old Opus crew, Ryan, the RJM, yep. you know, and then all the spinoffs and the collaboration. I always tell people that don't know this is Minneapolis and Phoenix are so connected that it's scary, oh, yeah. especially in the GC world. Yes. Because everyone goes, well, why, JJ? And I'm like, well, you have to remember, all of our predecessors and mentors started being snowbirds in the 70s <laughs> and 80s. And then they were the down here. They're like, well, screw it. Let's just open an office. Yeah. And that's how it that's how it transformed. And then, you know, through M&A and all the typical things, that's how it happened. But I remember, you know, back, back in my days in, in Minneapolis, RGM was noted for, you know, a bunch of things. But one of the things that I think you guys got pigeonholed in, maybe good or bad, was did you guys do the, the ice den, right? Yeah. And that was kind of, those are the guys that do ice arenas in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. a fair statement, Nick? I mean, Sure. Okay. Uh, it's not unfair. Okay. And, and so I think. So but it's you funny. did do. You've Absolutely. done all Our the work. Offices in the ice den yeah. in Scottsdale. I mean, like, so we, we've never left. Like, we 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 did the the third sheet addition to the Scottsdale build. Well, I'll back up. Okay. RJM was the construction manager on the initial build of the ice den. That's how it went. Out. That's how it started. But you were that was you though. No, that, oh, was, that was before that was you. Like Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so that was before you and Bo. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did the um the shirt third sheet edition, say that a few times. We did the third sheet edition in 2011. Okay. Um, and that, that I, we constructed that as RJM of Arizona. And since we've done four sheets of ice form. So we've actually done five sheets of ice in town. So I always joke around like, nobody's built more sheets of ice in this town than we have. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's true, but I'm, but I'm it pretty, sounds good I'm though. Pretty sure. Hey, if true. I if I came to you with a stereotype, it must be true, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. We're the ice guys. Yeah, we're the yeah. ice guys. But no, they they've been a really great partner to to the point that we um 
we moved into the building as a construction office. So the Coyotes had just vacated the building. Mm-hmm. They went out to Glendale, and uh, and the the building, which was originally constructed to be their practice facility, was kind of left to figure out how to do it on their own without the Coyotes. Mm. Now the Coyotes are back, and they're practicing there now. We constructed their locker room last year, a couple of fun things. But we moved into their original offices oh, really? above the main sheet of ice. So our conference room overlooks the main sheet of ice where they practice, which – you know, in July is kind of hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Minnesota kid didn't play hockey very well. Uh, never actually worked professionally in Minnesota. And now my office is above a hockey rank. So explain that. Just like <laughs> a couple degrees of separation, right? right? Um, why don't you, you know, for the people that don't know kind of the transformation in your energies infectious, but what almost kind of reverse engineer where you guys are at now. I mean, I wanted to get you on because if I may, watching what you guys have done in the healthcare space, mm-hmm. I think is pretty profound because yeah. that that's a tough vertical to to enter into and then succeed at it. Peel that peel that onion back and go back to your roots and your company roots with you and Bo or whomever. Yeah. And how did you go from that to this? Because you did it quite quickly. We did it fairly quick. Looking back on it, yeah. um, you know, living it, it didn't feel quick. Um, <laughs> they never but, do, Nick. <laughs> but but looking back on it, we did it fairly quick. Um, and every avenue that I thought was going to help us get there failed in comparison to just good old fashioned work ethic and tenacity. Okay. Um, so again, growing up on the farm, I always lean on that. I, I, I think, um, you know, hard work is kind of ingrained in my, in my personality. I had a boss one time who, uh, who told me that I don't care when you come to work and when you leave, as long as it's dark. Um, <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down, yeah. Sean. <laughs> We're not in Alaska, uh, and so <laughs> as long as it's dark. Yeah. So we had a, had a handful of different. We we'll um, use that one on our recruiting from now on. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had a handful of of like just really good old fashioned. I'll call them Midwest roots. Both from the from the Midwest kind of by default as well. And so um, and so we had a, a lot of like really good energy, hardworking, quintessential traits, mm-hmm. um, and. We tried to enter the healthcare market by slinging RJM's resume. So RJM in Minneapolis was maybe 60, 70% of their overall revenue. Pretty good-sized contractor. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, maybe 60% of their revenue was healthcare. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well, they're great at healthcare. So by default, we carry their brand. We're great at healthcare too, right? And, you know, one of the things that I've fall, totally fallen in love with with Arizona, um, you know, coming up on, I think, I guess you can call it 16 years here now in the Valley, is that it's really a, it's a big small town and and the fact that we were carrying a resume from a contractor in Minnesota didn't mean diddly when we walked in the front door. So um, we are in the business the old fashioned way. Every Turn single it. person on our staff here is from here. Um, you know, Bo and I attracted a lot of really quality um, folks and focused really really hard on the field staff. Um, those are the guys that are in your healthcare facility. Those are the guys that are walking, you know, in and around your building every day. Those guys matter. Yeah. And, and so we really focused on making sure that, that every single person on our team is highly communicative, um, takes care of it as though it's their own. And we started swapping out carpet. We started changing doors. We started, you know, just really just doing the nuts and bolts. True grassroots. Yes. Yeah. Just really built it. Um, and we're tenacious about it. And, and I, and I think that that, kind of stick-to-itiveness was, was really what led us to where we needed to be. And then my background um, is really on the development side. It's kind of where my passion for the industry started. And so, you know, working in and around with the Opus team in the early days, you know, not just on their construction team, but what, what building makes the most sense on this piece of dirt and why? My degree is actually in structural engineering. And so I did a lot of analysis on, um, you know, different building types, what makes the most sense. <clears throat> Excuse me different building types, what makes the most sense, what, you know, what kind of base spacing can we get on this building in order to lease it effectively, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, problem solving is really kind of my love for the game here. And so we started getting involved with different healthcare groups in order to help them solve some challenges that they had. And that is the healthcare market is changing at a rapid pace. Mm. And so being able to, to keep up with some of those changes, not necessarily see them in the future, but at least help, help folks be flexible with their spaces and help them solve some challenges that they've got has really been, I would say what's, what's kept us in the market, if that makes sense. Or ahead of the market without patronizing you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going 
in that in that development role, Nick, do you, uh, if you, if I may be so blunt, are you guys taking an equity role in, on the development side at all? With, no, we okay. we haven't. Uh, we've we've dabbled a little bit, but um, to the point that a lot of the folks that we're constructing for are um, are individual docs, not necessarily groups, not necessarily healthcare systems. We work in the systems, you know, on our banner, um, what have you. But a lot of our work has been direct to doctor on the um, on the outpatient side. And so in that, you're really dealing with a true entrepreneur. You're dealing with somebody who's, who's, you know, 10 or 15 years in the industry working as a doctor and now is looking to branch out on their own. Well, they need a, they need a place to perform. Right. And, and that really is where you get into, you know, some situations where the development hat really comes on because a lot of times we're getting referred to these projects before any real real estate, individual has taken some sort of crack at it, right? So they haven't necessarily talked to an architect, haven't talked to a broker, but they may understand what equipment they're going to have. Yeah. Um, so that's but cool. That, but again, but, you know, that's you all gotta, they know though, Nick, right? That's it, right. And it's not, yeah, you don't expect them to know, you know, what's different. So then how do you feel that question and what are you going to do next? And so, you know, a lot of our, you know, financial, financial partners have helped us out. Um, and it's to the point where we're digging into the pro forma with them and understanding whether or not this real estate deal makes sense. So that's that's kind of where we've gravitated towards is really heavy on the front end um, and really focusing on how do these deals get done. They're not all sexy. They don't all work. No. And, and so being able to tell the truth, um, you know, we've had docs come to us and say, hey, guess what? I just bought a Starbucks. I want to convert it into a surgery center. <laughs> Probably not a great idea, you know? And, and, and sometimes somebody just needs to tell you the truth. Yeah. And it, that's probably not a great idea. It's not going to work. And so what can we do? How can we solve that problem? And, and how can we work through? So that's, that's really kind of been a, a unique but um, really rewarding side of it for me. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from. And we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Well, I just just listen, you know, and I'm I'm shocked that we haven't met face to face before, but because like you said, this is America's smallest yeah. or largest small town, um, and just with our experience, our, our past. But you know, I, again, I go back to um, you. You know, I think you guys have done a great job of of marketing what you guys are doing in the marketplace. Looking at the strategic partnerships that I, you know, if I can make a comment to some of the architects you've been working with, watching that. Um, collaboration and then effectuating that to that, that doctor thing, that right. doctor level. I get it. Um, and, and I applaud you guys for doing that. Cause I think more of us, you know, in the GC market, we, we all, there, there's enough out there, right. And to where you can find your lane and then truly be, have that value proposition right. that you're talking about, Nick and listening to your energy of describing like how you would be there, hell, I would have bought from you, and I'm I'm a I'm a competitor <laughs> of yours, right? But I would have bought from you just because it was like, hey, this guy's got energy. Um, I think you bring up the idea of you know when you're investing in their pro forma, acting like it's their dollars and their their hard earned thing. They don't know that stuff, right? You know, th th yeah, they can you know rip out your heart and replace it with a, a, a fake pig heart or a thing, but they don't understand that land, the, right. this, the return on investment, what the risks are, what the rewards are. So I, I think you're doing a phenomenal job in that space. What what are the challenge? Go, go back to, because I think everyone would love to hear your perspective on what are the challenges that are, are coming up in the healthcare space specific to building or development? Yeah. And there's definitely a few. I, I think the, I mean, you know, nobody's ever heard that the, the rising costs have been problematic, but I mean, you know, obviously <laughs> the, ri yeah, uh, the rising costs, right. Um, but that, that's really problematic in the healthcare space because people believe that if, if the word medical is attached to it, it just costs more. It's not necessarily true. Um, but the parts and pieces that they're playing with are more expensive. Right. I mean, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really sophisticated HVAC system. You're absolutely buying a generator. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are happening that, um, those costs have been problematic. 
And when a lot of these folks are playing with their own money, um, mm-hmm. you know, now you're going to compound that with some lending challenges, right? So now, now more equity is required because of the, you know, the bank's inability to manage themselves. And so there's a there's a handful of things that are going on there that is that's problematic. But probably the number one, you know, as far as the you know the the standard list of characters, is the the timing in the supply chain. Yeah. So the the electrical backbone, the generators. You know, a generator can be, you know, depending on the sophistication, a year out electrical equipment, 50, 60 weeks. I mean, these are things that everybody's dealing with, but it becomes a little more problematic when when you're vacating your current opportunity in order to move into another one and rely on this center to be able to perform surgery for you. And now we've got, you know, some pretty significant delays and you're stepping out. So the the timing has been, you know, a little bit of a wrench, but um, not insurmountable. And so we, we've been able to combat that with some, you know, not rocket science, but early procurement and, and just doing our job the right way type things. Um, but the other challenge in this market has been the outpouring of support for outpatient surgery centers. This is becoming a, a really sexy real estate play. And so, I mean, just in the last year, we've worked on a, a two OR facility in an old Panera Bread, a four OR facility in a fresh and easy market, a uh, four OR facility in a Walmart neighborhood market. I mean, these these are cutesy little. You wouldn't have even of, brought that up why would a couple you? years ago. Why, yeah. why would you, right? Because yeah. it's just, but based on location, based on the bones of those buildings, that makes sense. Um, those unique opportunities are are waning because people have made the most of those unique existing opportunities, Got right? It. So, so those opportunities are waning, which is which is pushing us more towards the um, the ground up MOB market. Um, MOB conversions, which we're doing a lot of that right now. Um, but uh, that's just more expensive. Dude, go, go tangent on the MOB yeah. conversion thing. Uh, for those of you that don't know what MOB is, it's medical office building, right. which has a loose connotation. I would 100%. think you'd agree with that. But describe for the audience that isn't aware of that, what does that conversion look like? like give it to me in a storyboard type scenario. Yeah, it depends. it depends on the way the office was originally developed. So there, there's, you know, there's multiple developers in town and some of them, some of them develop with the foresight of being able to place a surgery center in their MOB. Right. Uh, some of them develop for the foresight of being able to put like an exam center in their MOB, okay. right? So the major difference is, are you going to be a surgery center or not? Um, that's really kind of the number one differentiator. But- but still, and nothing's inpatient, right? With that, it's always outpatient. Outpatient yeah, always, yep, yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. So the main difference, um, if you're outpatient and you're on the first level, I mean, for the most part, it's pretty much a slam dunk. I just, you know, we need we need some clear heights in the building. Yeah. We need we need to be able to put a, a generator somewhere in the yard and and we're good to go. It's when you start to step up to level two or level three that we've got some challenges. And normally that's do you have a gurney-sized elevator? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you go beyond that, can the can the floor handle the vibration requirements of the equipment? Um, you know, th- things like that. It it's normally if there's a gurney-sized elevator and you're going above level one you're probably going to be okay, yeah. you know, and, and there's reinforcing that can be done. But but that lack of foresight, not putting in the right size elevator, um, not having the the clear height requirements, those are normally problematic. But if you're going into a shell, traditionally you can make it work. If you're if you're retrofitting, it can get a little hairy, but, um, but it can be done. Did the COVID situation change you and your client's outlook of how the pro- – the programming and programmatic effect of, of the builds are going, especially on those conversions, Nick, or not? It, not necessarily on the private side. Right. Um, on the, I call it the public side. It's not I know the what you mean. Side, but, but on the more institutional side, there. Um, there, there was absolutely more concern taken towards what are we going to do if an infectious patient walks in the front door, right? And, right. and then everybody really overthought that, in my opinion. And, and now all of a sudden it's, we got to have negative pressure rooms here so that we can, you know, clean out any, you know, infections. I, I don't know. I, in my opinion, that was really overthought. I, I think that, and not necessarily problematic, pretty easy to overcome. Yeah. We'll just create a couple of rooms with negative pressure and we're, we're good to party. Like yeah. it's not, it's not that hard. Uh, there's a, um, on the, on the private side, it really wasn't a concern. If anything, um, it probably created a little bit more of a necessity for the true outpatient surgery center. Because the docs were getting shut down on their surgery. Good point. And I don't want to be shut down. I want to do surgery when I want to do surgery. Imagine being told you can only come to the office for two hours a day. But 
but no, I, I'm going to work when I want to work. Why, why would I not want to do that? And so, right. As long as it's dark, remember everyone, yes, as long as it's dark, yes, come and go as you please, as long as it's dark. But there's a, you know, so I think if anything, there was almost a, for everybody that was standing on the edge of the cliff, waiting whether or not they're going to make that jump. I think a lot of folks jumped in that process because they saw the ramifications of not being in control of their own destiny and, and really wanted to take that entrepreneurial leap of controlling kind of their own situation. What about regulatory oversight, undersight? Well, we all know that regulatory undersight doesn't exist anymore, but... Starting to. Thank God. (laughs) Well, I know the previous... Our previous recording, that was one of the things that we were talking talking about offline was, you know, just how can we as an industry, at least in her case come with solutions so that the regulatory piece can back off. Like how are we taking more risk on our shoulders just to decrease that, that pitch, that pinch point or yeah. pigeonhole? Um, are you guys seeing anything in that regard or, or, or lobbying or doing anything as a collective hold on that, on that matter? I think what we're doing is we're trying to become experts. If that's a thing, I will never complain that we, I will never, uh, say that we are experts in everything. But you're aspiring to. We're working towards it. Right. Um, so one of the things that we we did over the last year was we actually started a new um, um, version a version of Ven, a, a spinoff of Ven called Ven Compliance. And oh. so what we're doing now is we're coming in after uh, construction, and we've hired a couple of folks that have spent their careers in uh, making sure that surgery centers stay licensed. So there's probably a fancy name for it, but. Uh, essentially, um, the folks that we've hired have worked for nationwide groups of doctors that have maybe 10, 20, 30 centers. And having to understand and maintain regulatory requirements in all of those different jurisdictions, and every jurisdiction from a healthcare perspective is a state. Each state is its own jurisdiction, and then you have federal, right? But having to maintain compliance in each individual state is a task. And so if you're a doctor group and you've got 10 surgery centers across the states, maintaining that compliance is complicated. Well, there's a human back there that is helping make sure that that happens, I hired one of those humans. Um, and so <laughs> Bravo, Nick, bravo. <laughs> so what we're doing is is we're we're helping we're helping ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're we're working towards, you know, give me a a mock inspection on this space. Tell me what we're missing. Uh, it could be anywhere, not pointing fingers, could be something in the design, could be something in, you know, because a healthcare licensure inspection is a pretty intense thing. It's a final exam. And it's not just how is the building constructed, how is it designed. It's how how's it your perform? staff react? Yeah. How do you perform in a situation of, you know, of need? And, and that, I would argue, is heightened outside the hospital, right? The hospital, there's a blanket of, of understanding that we're in the safest place we could be. The ambulatory surgery center is constantly trying to prove that it's just as safe as the hospital. So, so what we've done is we've started vent compliance, and what we're doing is we're, we're working towards um, doing those mock inspections and really giving a preparedness exam to the staff. So we're trying to solve that problem. The reality is, is what happens a lot of times is we'll just get a phone call a year later, right? So these inspections are yearly, um, every three years for federal. And we were getting phone calls like the week before. It's like, hey, are, are, we're getting another licensure inspection. Can you guys come back? It's like, well, we're the contractor. You know, we sold you the car, but you're going to have to put gas in it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that you know, I don't like letting people down. And so having that conversation, I was like, this stinks. Like, you know, they kind of need some help here. I'd like to help, but it really is beyond our contractual requirements. How could we figure this out? So we created this service and, and that service is, you know, really just got on its feet this year. And, uh, and we've been, you know, we've been running with it for a while. I think it's gonna be a good thing. Again, as, as, as part of your fraternity, I'm listening to that going brilliant. A, you've, you brought, Value proposition to your end user. Yeah. Two, you're, I guarantee you're monetizing it either that or you're the worst leader on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but the third element that completely resonated with me right away is it's probably making both divisions better. Yeah. Right? Because now your construction arm is now has a catalyst and someone who is an expert in that, right. even overseeing it and vice versa. Now, and then the construction side, I mean, it's like the best big brother mentorship that you have built yeah. in house. And and I always tell people that we're the hardest on ourselves. And so if we do a mock inspection and our compliance team comes in and does a mock inspection and there's a couple of, you right. know, things within the construction that, you know, maybe it wasn't caught on the punch list, maybe it's a what we just fix it. 
I mean, like, like we're, we're the, we're the hardest on ourselves for sure. It's like, we, sh- you know, we should have caught that. Yeah. That door absolutely should operate that way. And, and, and we didn't see it. We didn't catch it on the punch list, whatever. Just because it's a technicality doesn't mean it's right. And so we, we handle, you know, that type of stuff. We're very difficult on ourselves in that. So yeah, it does make our group better. And it's, it's different with each specialty in each jurisdiction in each state. I mean, it, yeah. it can be a complicated endeavor. So having somebody who's dedicated to understanding and learning that has really been beneficial for the team and we're teaching ourselves. And so we're having the compliance team teach the construction team and this is just helping them get better. So you made a couple of comments there. I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask, are you guys now in multi-states or have you been? So we'll take the, the construction company is, is we're hometown kids. I'm only licensed in Arizona. Okay. That's where I want to live. That's where I want to play. Like that's, that's good for us. And I'm sure as most can attest, we've spent an unbelievable amount of time cultivating a subcontractor base <laughs> in Arizona. That Aren't we all agreed to, to that? To yeah. be able to, you know, mimic that and provide the level of service that I believe we need to provide. I don't believe we can we can do that in multiple states at this time. So, so we're Arizona hometown kids as far as it comes to swinging hammers. Um, the compliance will take on the road in okay. order to help people with that compliance. So we have a lot of folks that, you know, hey, I'm going to build a, you know, I don't know why Utah always seems to be the next step, but it's like, hey, I did, yeah. thanks for building my surgery center. Now I'm going to do one in Salt Lake. It's like, that's cool. Well, just look at our capital markets as uh, they're yeah. connected. It's like we can, you know, we'll, we'll engage in construction management with them and help them through the yeah. process. Okay. Uh, and so kind of before and after, right? And then we'll engage in compliance services if they want us to help with that, uh, but not physical construction. And I'd be doing you a disservice of, of, I think I should give you the opportunity to explain that Venn is not just healthcare. I mean, you guys, you guys are a full service GC, you do other things. Mm So, you know, take a few minutes and talk about that because I, I just went down that path because it's what you guys are getting noted for day in and day out. So, um, but again, take, take a few moments and, and just capture, you guys are more than just healthcare. Yeah. I, I do appreciate you know, the, the label, it's funny because we worked hard to get there. So it kind of feels good to hear the label. Right. Um, but the other thing that we train all of our staff to be healthcare builders and the thought process and the, and the intentional nature behind that is if, if you can build inside the hospital, then you can build that office TI, you can build, you know, you can, you can build these other items, not that they're less important, but the attention to detail at times is is of a lesser nature. And so having everybody just focus at the right level, I think is important. So we train all of our guys in the healthcare systems and then kind of move them around from there. But yes, about 70% of our revenue is in the healthcare space. Um, but we do, you know, we do basically all things commercial. So office, both ground up and TI, um, not much industrial, although, um, you know, we're more than capable. Um, we although, t- although, you know, I've witnessed some of your buildings, they, with all the tilt and stuff, they, they kind of look, look quasi-industrial. Yeah, I mean, well, a, a modern-day MOB as a tilt is kind of a small industrial building, right? It is, right? Yeah. it is. Um, we're, we're pretty heavy under some um, luxury storage projects right now. Those have been really fun, uh, which is kind of also an industrial building, I guess, um, and some parking garages. But the 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 longer answer is we, we build through relationships. Right. And so in a very similar way, um, you know, I'll swap a door out, and then I'll add the parking garage in the back, right? And so we may have an open job number in 2020 where we're swapping out a, you know, a, a corridor carpet and some some doors for an office building for a client that we like to work with. And then in two years, we'll write a contract for the four-story parking garage outside, right? So not not not, not a bad analytic on your marketing spend. Hey, geez, you know, <laughs> look at this. This cost per click was only. $200 to get a door, but we got a $20 million addition. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> not you know, bad. It, it's it's kind of how we do it. I mean, I, I we really focus on engaging at every level with the right. team. So the zipper approach, I guess, if you yeah. want to label it. Um, but we try to focus on on engaging at every level with our clients. And so, you know, if it's a developer, then our superintendents and our project engineers are really close with the property managers, right. uh, the folks that they see every day. You know, the project managers engage really well with the construction managers or the development managers. And I try to engage as much as I can at the top. And, and we just kind of just zipper it all the way down, right? And and try to try to work through that whole relationship for kind of a whole solution. We're not the right fit for every project, but the ones that we are, um, you know, I, I really think we do a good service for our folks. That's great. So as we're sitting here, it's going through my mind of you're entertaining. You've got a great energy about you, which means I can tell just by listening to you, your success has, has, speaks for itself, Nick, but 
you're probably too humble to admit it, but what, what have you done from a leadership perspective and in investing in you to be a better owner? Uh, you know, like you talked about the vent compliance, I, I, you know, whether that's you or your team or a combination, you know, pat on the back, kudos to you. But what other things are you doing as, to be an effective leader in, in, in our space? Um, well, learning always. I, I think learning is a, is a huge aspect. I, I, uh, I do partake in as much um, as I possibly can from a um, just intake perspective. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? What are you doing here? I ask a lot of questions. Um, I learned that. Jeez, I would have never guessed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a hundred questions guy. I mean, I, I, I ask a ton of questions. And I learned that from my days as an um, assistant project manager I didn't know what a fire suppression system was. I'd never seen one before. I had no idea. Right. And so I just started asking questions like, well, what, 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 what is this? Uh, and, you know, I just. There's no better way to, to learn, it. is there? And I, to the point where I'm like, hey, take me to lunch. Un- explain this to me. Let's walk the job. Show this to me. And, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, I figured that out. Um, I just ask a lot of questions. And I'm, I'm, I believe that I'm just never done learning. I, I, I rely on the people around me. And my, my response to folks is always, I might not know the answer, but I will find it. Yeah. And, and if I can't find it, it doesn't exist. I will find you the answer. Um, so kind of tenacious in that, right. But I would say probably the main things, and this has been trained in me over the last handful of years is, is being open to change. Okay. And that's not necessarily something that I possessed coming into the industry. And my intent was, I'm going to put on this blue shirt and I'm going to just climb the ladder. And in 25 years, I'll be a director of construction. And then, you know, I'll ride off into the sunset at some point. Right. I, I, I was just going to climb the ladder. I I'm, you know, I was raised in a hardworking environment. I'm going to put on the shirt. The shirt's got my name on it. I'm going to just work. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, it's kind of how we were raised in the Midwest. <laughs> I think so. Right. Yeah. And then that rug gets pulled out. Right. And then, all right, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to do this now. And then that rug gets pulled out. And then, you know, the loss of Bo was really impactful in my life. And then that, you know, up with all due respect, that rug gets pulled out. And so it's like, okay, so we're just going to have to continue to evolve here. And how are we going to do that? And through my entire career, I've always felt like I, you know, I hired my boss, uh, which is an odd thing at one point in time. Right. I, I was kind Not of, many people can put that on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> Should you do that? Is that counterintuitive to production? I love it. Uh, but you know, just a lot of different things that I I've been had to become open to change, and now I'm in a situation where um, the market is so different. When it, the people market yeah. is drastically different, and and the way that um, I'll say kids, I mean it not offensively, but the way that kids are coming out of school now, the expectations, um, the the work ethic, the um, the environment, the work at home, COVID, all these things, uh, my inner self wants to be like, no, you come to work, you stay at work, and you work hard. That's what you do. That's not the way of the world anymore. And and that's, you know, and I'm learning that that's not the way of me anymore either. I, I'm, I'm having to learn how to balance things. I'm having to learn how to, you know, balance the, the work life, all that type of stuff mm-hmm. at a different level than I had to before. And so I think being open to that change, um, you know, has, has probably been one of my greatest resources over the last couple of years, for sure. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from. And we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. How many? So, uh, just for perspective, what is Venn's, uh like? What are the what, what's the math behind it? Like, how many employees now? So, twenty eight employees. Okay. Um, we do about fifty million a year, so that that makes us a what a mid sized small yeah. mid sized contractor. Um, yeah. So, twenty eight employees. Um, and that's been you know a really really so when when we purchased the when Bo and I purchased the company we had ten. Um, when Bo passed away we had. 
16, 17. Okay. So, so fairly decent growth, you know, over the last handful of years. Um, and we've been, you know, over the last couple of years specifically recruiting direct out of college, which is not something we'd done prior. Um, and really focusing on building the team from a ground up perspective and, and training and pouring back into the employees and, and remodeling the office or just all these things that you're like, why does that matter? It absolutely matters in today's, right? yeah. in, in today's society that matters. And, and I didn't understand that. And, and so learning that, and that's kind of what I mean by being open to that change. What does it matter what your office looks like? But it does. And, you know, I, I could probably work in a basement somewhere and I'd be totally fine. But that's not how everybody views it. And that's not necessarily the most conducive way for everybody. And so one of the things that I was seeing that we were missing was kind of the mixture of, you know, we've got some really talented folks with 30 years of experience. And then we've got some, you know, really, uh, you know, opportunity-ridden folks with three months of experience. Why would we not put them together and, yeah. like, just kind of see what develops? You know, and my understanding was that we're going to dump all of the good information from the, you know, from the seasoned folks into the kids, right? But it's actually been just 100% almost, almost the opposite, yeah. you know, an understanding of like, all right, well, if you did it this way, then that would work. Or maybe you could use technology to your, like, why would you not? And and it's really been kind of like a, like a mixing of the glasses to where both are kind of settling in the middle, which has been a unique thing. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I'm a little bit older than you and there's there isn't a day that goes by that I'm finding that equation is turning out to be more and more the 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 story at the end of the day. Yep. And I, you know, I'm old school. I was the same thing. I've always embraced technology, but I think we as construction leaders, we we can we you know be, before we got on the air, we were talking about the you know the boomers to the the Gen Xers to the millennials to the Gen Zers, and just understanding how all that dynamic works is we can be better leaders right. by just understanding that dynamic. And yeah. you're a testament to doing it. So kudos to you. That, that, so with that, though, the question is, is because you had already done it once, I'm curious to see, like, Nick, like in the crystal ball that is is Nick's energetic head, are you, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, are yeah. you building out your C-suite almost to replace you? Well, so that, you that's know an interesting comment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. I, you just feel like the kind of guy that wouldn't say, you're damn right I'm doing it. I, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm doing in, you know, global conquest, right? <laughs> yeah, so no to the global conquest, but uh, I, I think the the short answer is yes. Okay. The, the, the longer answer is we will not do it with a long, dark hallway of C-suites. I, I, I think the... Yeah, you know, I understand that. I, I think the, the thought process is... Show me some innovation. Show me, you know, show me some, you know, um, some creative ideas and let's see what we can construct together. Right. Um, I, I don't, you know, Matt and I were joking the other day, or Matt, Matt's the head of our marketing, and, and we were joking the other day about what my title is. because I've never thought about that in my entire life. I, I, I don't like titles. Um, I, and I don't mean that from some sort of like, you know, soapbox. I just literally don't understand what they mean for the most part. I agree with um, you. And so you know, well, you should change your title. What is, I don't even know what my title is. Oh, well, you're listed as owner here, um, president here, member here. I'm like, well, I don't know, what, what should it be? Like, like King Dingling, I think is what I came up with. Like, I have no idea, you know, but at some point it's like, you got to put something on the card and that, that when you walk in, people are going to like, why? I don't even bring a business card anymore. Like they should understand who you are by the energy that you put out. And so I, I don't understand what my title needs to be or what it should be. So I didn't answer your question at all. But the thought process no, is, keep going. is more along the lines of let's create a culture that we can be proud of. Let's create a culture that attracts other people and let's and let's figure out what, you know, where that's going. I have a I have a path, I have a plan, I have an understanding of where I want to see us go. Um, doesn't necessarily mean I've mapped out every stop on the drive. And so if that's the case, I'm fine to to take a handful of detours and understand kind of where where and how we want this vehicle to arrive. Um you know, I'm still in my 30s, so I, I'm not 100% sure when that arrival date is. Uh, and but I, yeah, I'm every day I'm thinking about what's next, who's next. I, I don't, I don't have some sort of, you know, vision of grandeur that this company has to be passed on to my kids and their kids and their kids as kids. I, I actually believe that that's potentially a negative way to do it. And so, I, I want to understand like what's next. Um, I definitely uh, am thinking about that uh, specifically more often. I, I don't, I don't know why, but I, maybe I'm getting a little older. But you start to think about those things. The um. And forgive me for not knowing this because I should, but because um, I know some of your 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 architectural partners yeah. that you guys are working with. Have you ever 
have you been asked to bring or have you brought design in-house at all? Yes and no. Um, so we get an opportunity to refer a lot of our friends, yeah. which is a position that I like to be in. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, it's kind of the same question as development, right? As soon as you start to partake in the development, mm. then you become a developer. Well, most of our clients are developers, so I don't, I don't want to be represented as competition to my clients. Okay. If we start to bring in design and things of that nature, then we become competition to some of our partners and I don't necessarily want to be competition to our partners. It's probably an overly simplistic way of looking at no. it. Um, but the thought process has been, we want to keep the main thing the main thing and, and things that help prop up the main thing are, are beneficial, like compliance. Um, things that could potentially, you know, take away our negative at this point. So yeah. that's kind of been our thought process. I think it's I, a very fair answer. It's, it's complicated for me to understand how that would make us better at this moment. And that's, that's when, but whenever that's, we but that's, a, that's a testament to knowing your, your, your core competencies, right? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you obviously are very comfortable with the lanes in which you guys operate in yeah. and you have an infectious energy about it. So it's, just, you know, stick with it. Stay in Most the lane, bro. Most of my bro. best friends are competitors. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I always joke that, that the, um, when the, when Opus shut down in 2009, um, I, I had to stop working with all of my closest friends, Yeah. but we never stopped being friends. No. And, and also most of us didn't leave the industry. And so most of my closest friends are competitors in the industry and, you know, well, look at, look at any of the events we all go to. Who do we gravitate towards? Each other, right? Yeah, we go, hey, you, hey, you, you know? <laughs> it's like, in, yet we're, are we really competing against each other? Well, yeah, in theoretical terms, yeah. but we're in a fortunate economy, especially Arizona, where, you know, we all have our lanes, and yeah. so it's, it's good. I think, I think the, 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 the grander takeaway here today, Nick, is that your energy, your leadership, what you guys have done at Venn, I, I think is an inspiration to a lot of others out there. And I mean that with the the, the, the biggest attaboy because our industry needs more of that. Mm -hmm. We do. We need more of yous. And that that sounded like I was really from the Midwest. Use <laughs> <Yous> guys, <laughs> right? For sure. You're an Iowegian too, right? Um, or wannabe. But yeah, it's just, it's. It, I think these are inspirational for whether it's our trade base, our, our, whether it's our competitors watching or listening. It's like, there's enough out there for all of us to be better at our at our craft. Yeah. And our craft doesn't have to be de 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 uh, defined and delineated like you said. It doesn't have to be this rigid box. Look at look at your transformation alone. That's that should be inspiration for others. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, what am I what am I not asking you either Ooh. about Nick or Ven that you would love to share with with uh, the Mac and Blue audience? I think you did a pretty good job. You, you hit through uh, through most of the high levels. I, I think, um, yeah. I mean, I think the the thought process is you know always improving, always you know always collaborating is is really how we want to be you know, kind of remembered, sought after, um, you know, high level problem solvers, overall good guys. I, I think that's kind of our, you know, kind of our bread and butter and, and how we, we really want to be understood and recognized in the industry. So I think you did a good job, man. Cool. Well, <laughs> you're not done yet. Now we, we're, st I've started a new thing called rapid fire because we wanted to add a little spice to the end of the podcast. So rapid fire, Matt, you better take notes. Cause he's, Hold on. He, he, if uh, you're going to ask me rapid fire questions. You've got to be prepared for the answers. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, it's, all right. it's all good. All right. <laughs> what is something you are great at cooking? Everything. Steak. Jeez, oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, best advice I've ever been given. Order of communication. Talk first, call second, phone last, or text last, sorry. There you go. Yeah. If you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine, what would it be and why? Workout. I don't like to do it. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, you heard it. Take the gym out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What would you like to do when you retire? I think you already answered that. Yeah, one. a little bit of woodworking, maybe some travel. Good. Okay, uh, what skill do you think everyone should have? Ooh, listening. Huh? Listening. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> resist. Um, <laughs> what are you reading or listening to right now? Do you, oh, do I have a book. Yeah, no, I'm reading a book called Grit, um, and I'm listening to uh, a couple of different podcasts. But yeah, a book called Grit. Do you mind talking about which podcast you listen to? So right now I'm wrapping up a sports podcast for the year. So I'm listening to Pat McAfee. Because I think he's funny, and I really like him. Uh, and then, um, yeah, well, that's the main one right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you shared that. Uh, what movie could you watch over and over again? Ooh, Grumpy Old Man. 
that hits way too close yeah, to our yeah, background. <laughs> okay, just don't leave the fish in my truck, okay? <laughs> uh, what show on Netflix did you binge watch embarrassingly fast? <sighs> or it can be any of those. Did you binge watch anything? New Girl. Ooh. It's an older like sitcom, but I had never seen it. Sean's shaking Netflix. his head, so yeah. he's giving you two yeah, thumbs up from the peanut gallery. It's a good one. All right. What is one crazy thing you'd like to do if there were no consequences? Skydive. I know that doesn't sound crazy, do, but to me that's crazy. Do it with a parachute this time, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. What would you like to be remembered for? I so two things. I'll say ethics and personality. Yeah. Great answer. All right, any software or apps that you're using right now that you would like to share with other people that you think have brought a life work benefit? Hmm. No. Not a big software guy. Okay. That's an honest answer. All right, what news sources do you use to stay in touch with your niche or within our niche within the Arizona development market or building market? Um. So I do use Twitter a little bit. I got to throw that out there. Not for our market, but for like global stuff because it's like fast, ready to go. I get it and I go. Um, and that's that's pretty much global. Um, local, business journal, uh, backs, normal stuff. Good. Classic. <laughs> those are, no, those are two good answers <laughs> at the end. All right. And the last one, it's a truth or dare. So which one? Uh, truth. Okay. What's your biggest fantasy? Biggest fantasy? You know, you can keep the X-rated stuff off of here. Yeah. Matt's over here laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He said what, not who. (laughs) (laughs) I think somewhere between – I always want to play professional baseball, so that would be like this this great, great fantasy to be a pro baseball player. Uh, That's probably it, yeah. I think you could pull it off. I had my my uh, shot at a moment. It didn't go well. <laughs> oh. Well, Nick, I can't thank you enough for being on. Um, just love the energy. Love the story about you. Love the story about Venn Construction. Um, continue to to represent our industry well in our community. I think you're you're just a shining star, a shining company, and I I, I truly mean that. I think we need more Venn Constructions in our space. So cool. kudos for you for coming on today, and thanks for sharing the message. Appreciate it. All right. Until next time, thank you for joining Mac and Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky on LinkedIn and Instagram. Tune in live every first and third Thursday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.